The Dental Brief is brought to you by Omni Premier Marketing and the amazing guests who bring wisdom and advice that you can put to use to take your business and practices to the next level. Find us on Facebook and join the conversation. Get ready to grow because we are kicking off the next episode in three, two, one. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Dental Brief. Uh, we're back. Video, new season. Very excited. Very excited for today's guests and today's topic. Uh, Dr. Mubushire, right? Am I saying that correctly? Yes. And go go ahead and say your last name for us real quick. Chaudhry. Chaudhry. Okay. I, I was a hundred percent sure that's what it was, but I didn't want to, I didn't want to uh, mess it up uh, for you or our audience. Dr. Chaudhry, um, let's just jump right into it. Tell us, how'd you get involved in dentistry? How'd you become a dentist? Uh, it's pretty, uh, simple. My dad is a retired dentist and, uh, uh, originally, actually, I wanted to go to medical school, but uh, during the 80s at that time, uh, you know, part of it was lifestyle. The parents, uh, the patients uh, were seen by their primary care physicians and all their friends that were physicians, they didn't have a lifestyle after uh, work because they had to go to the hospital and do rounds. It's changed quite a bit. And uh, for me personally, I liked seeing my dad at home after five o'clock and then also helping him in the clinic. Uh, during high school and so forth, uh, you know, just doing random office uh, you know, things. Uh, so from there, uh, I went to a dental school, did general dentistry for three years and figured out that that's not exactly what I wanted to do and went back to uh, do pediatric dentistry for two years. So and that's how long did you practice pediatric dentistry for? Are you still practicing today? I still am practicing. I uh, completed my residency in 99. So since 99, I've been doing uh, pediatric dentistry. Uh, I have uh, a couple of locations. I have uh, some uh, associates as well uh, in the practice. And uh, I sort of limit my practice to uh, hospital dentistry. Fantastic. So I know we're going to jump right into the next next segment a little bit. So you clearly saw some problems that practices were having and some of your colleagues were facing both pediatric, general dentistry specialties, what have you. And you came up with a solution to it. Let's talk about that problem a little bit. And it's it's bigger than ever. What's some of the big problems? What is the big problem that you see a lot of of practices facing today? Yeah, and number one by far is staffing uh, or staff retention, uh, uh, finding qualified staff. And, you know, this problem, uh, you know, I would say 15, 20 years ago, maybe it was non-existent, you know, staff were more loyal. You can say they wanted to stay on board uh, with the, with an office or a practice and, you know, turnover was uh, rare at that point. And then things started to change. And then, you know, uh, COVID really, uh, you know, just kind of blew it out of the water in terms of uh, staff leaving practices for various reasons. Uh, and then uh, trying to find staff uh, the traditional way was almost nearly impossible. You know, uh, this was the first time ever I experienced, for example, we put out an ad uh, and get no response for like eight weeks, 12 weeks at a time, just unbelievable. Uh, and now things have started to uh, come around a little bit, but still uh, trying to find good staff that will actually want to stay is extremely difficult. Uh, for uh, not just dental offices, but small businesses in general. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's really difficult. And I think one of the issues out there is um, income demands that people have right now in other, in other industries competing, throwing more money at people who did work in the dental industry. But you've, you've got a solution for this issue, right? You've got a solution to help take some of that pressure off tennis. Go ahead and tell us about that solution. Yeah, uh, the solution is uh, uh, pretty straightforward, actually. It's uh, all about trying to uh, offer 
staff that are uh, educated, that are uh, uh, customer service oriented, and uh, you know, from a payroll perspective, cost about uh, a half to uh, or up to a half to a third of uh, regular payroll costs. And these are uh, remote staff uh, out of the Philippines. Uh, that's uh, you know for for work that you do not need person live person in the office in, in dental, for example, dental assistant, front office staff. A lot of this work can be done uh, from home. Uh, COVID showed us that. Uh, but now you have uh, remote staff that are just in a different country, but work the same time zone and are highly qualified for uh, these type of tasks. Yeah. So let's talk about where. <clears throat> so where's your? Where do you think? Where's your company's primary source of? Um, we'll call it offshore, nearshore. We call it insourcing. Whatever you want. Where? Where? Where are they from? Uh, Philippines. So let me ask you a question. I know the answer to this question, yeah. um, but from gas and just obviously from my my um, what I do. Um, mm -hmm. But tell me why the Philippines? Why hire people from the Philippines? So two things. One, uh, my uh, partner, co-founder, uh, John Carrick, he has uh, several other companies as well. And he's been working with remote staff from the Philippines for probably over six years. And uh, he's the one that introduced me to this, and this is sort of how we uh, formed this joint venture. But, uh, you know, the key thing that you have to remember is anytime you have remote staff is one is, uh, what is their fluency in English and their command of the English language? So the Philippines, uh, that's uh, other than uh, what they speak as, as their local dialects, they're all fluent in English. Uh, most, if not all, the staff have at least a bachelor's degree, if not higher. So they're highly educated. And then they come from a service, uh, customer service uh, oriented uh, industry in the Philippines. And so they're familiar with uh, providing customer service. And they all want long-term employment. It's not as if they wanna hop from job to job. So, you know, you put all that together and uh, you have a very competent staff that's, uh, you know, cost uh, are highly reasonable and uh, you have uh, staff retention. Yeah, so let's let me ask this question, and we're going to talk about the upsides because there's a bunch of them, right? Um, I'm assuming there's a bunch of them. Uh, let's talk about the downsides a little bit. What are some of the downsides about having you know a remote employee, someone who's not physically um, in the office? Yeah, so uh, one, uh, Patrick. Really, the thing is, uh, if for example, even myself, when I first started, I was very hesitant to do something like that because I had not worked with remote staff ever before. But, you know, like I said, COVID uh, sort of uh, gave us that hybrid position even in the office. Uh, the downside is I think you have to have a reasonable expectation of what you are expecting your staff to do. Uh, okay, so they uh, cost less. They are hard workers. But that doesn't mean you can, you know, have them do you know, 80 hours worth of work in a 40 hour time span. Uh, they're not machines. So I think expectations in terms of uh, what do you want that staff to be able to do? What's their competency? And then have them work in that framework. Uh, that's number one. Uh, the sure. other thing is, uh, depending on the type of role that you're asking that staff to do is the time difference. You know, it is a 12 hour time difference. So uh, that has to be taken into consideration as well. Uh, and then technology, everything when you work remotely is technology based. So uh, sort of have to be aware of having the right technology to onboard a remote staff as well. We can't be so archaic where, 
you know, the internet speeds aren't there, you know, you don't have VoIP uh, phone systems, things like that to make the technology uh, assist the staff in providing the best uh, service. Yeah, my, my feelings have changed on this a little bit, but, um, and I, I, people are gonna be all over the place and it is almost a political thing too. Um, but I used to always feel like, hey, you should hire right here in the United States. You should hire in your backyard. Um, that's what you should do. That's the right thing to do. That's even the moral thing to do, right? Because I thought I was better than everybody else. Um, I, I feel differently about that now. Um, I, I actually feel now that, you know, if you can um, give a great opportunity to a couple of people who aren't here, it also gives you the ability to better the opportunity for the people that you have here. Would you agree with that? In other words, is this a way that you can actually, when somebody leaves an admin position, if you did replace them with someone, I'm sure that you could actually give the rest of your team a pay raise? Is that something that you see? For sure. I mean, this that's the, the, the positive side that we see from here is, you know, two things. One, yes, you can use that money and actually help the staff that you have live. But the other is, uh, these staff, they provide, they do tasks that are redundant tasks that are, uh, you know, uh, that take time away from what is the primary role in a small business when you have live staff is to provide the best customer service for your clients or in our case, patients. Sure. So if my staff is busy doing redundant tasks, paperwork, or, you know, on the phone and this, uh, the, the communication or the customer service goes down, you know, that's a negative. Uh, we want that right. to be a positive. And the remote staff allow you to do that because they do redundant tasks at a very high level and high efficiency. But exactly, I mean, we want the best staff to provide the best customer service for our patients or our clients. So sure. uh, we're not talking about replacing the whole staff. We're talking about one or two positions in a small business uh, or maybe a small percentage. Uh, and again, we have to think of it from a positive in terms of not only cost saving that can be reallocated, but then also uh, providing you know uh, support for the live staff that's there. Yep. So, what are some tasks that you know are common in, the, in most practices um, that are really easy to be shifted over to someone uh, who's not uh, local? Yeah, Patrick. So this is uh, sort of universal stuff. You know, like incoming calls. You know, we can handle. Uh, making new patient appointments, scheduling, uh, taking information like intake information that's basic information and pass it on. Uh, appointment confirmations, you know, sure, we have text messages, emails, things like that. Uh, but depending on the locale that you're at, some people still want to be called and have appointments confirmed or changed, you know, things like that. Uh, sure. Uh, insurance verifications, uh, although a lot of the insurances are uh, can be done uh, without having to do uh, live calls, uh, there's still some that you need to do that. Uh, you know, verifying insurance benefits, uh, posting payments. Uh, these are all things that are done on a daily basis, but that just eat up time and costs. You know, if you're paying someone, you know, uh, X amount of dollars and you can get it for, you know, 0.3X, uh, why not? Right. So really any task in the practice that uh, SOP, standard operating procedure can be created for, right? That is something that's repetitive, that, you know, does take time, um, busy work, right? I like to call it just, there's a, you know, there's a lot of things that I used to do that are just busy work that 
I literally could train even, you know, my teenage son from time to time would be like, hey, Ryan, you know, I need you to do these things for me. Those are things that you should certainly be looking at outsourcing. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. And uh, even small things like, uh, you know, uh, you were telling me you have a personal assistant, but, you know, uh, social media, you know, uh, whether it's uh, posts or uh, replies, things like that, you can have them do. It's not something that uh, it, you need a live body, physical body with a high technical skill to do. Sure. So um, let's say, you know, you're like, hey, I want to give this a try. Yeah. Uh, most people are going to be nervous about it. Yeah. I think almost anyone is going to be nervous about it in the beginning um, and maybe forever, right? It might be a little nerve wracking that you can't yeah. physically uh, put your hands on someone that you're paying on a weekly or monthly basis. But if you want to get started, obviously reach out to you know Dr. Chaudhry and his team. That's one option. Yeah. What are some other ways? You kind of want to do this on your own. If you know, what are, what are some ways that you can get going with this? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the first thing is uh, try to find out uh, if you know anyone that is using it. So you have some... Uh, uh, you know, live feedback, you know, day-to-day -day type of feedback. If not, uh, there are uh, other ways to go about doing it. Some are, uh, I think the most common is like Upwork where you can just uh, do the search on your own. You have a list of requirements and then, you know, you can uh, try to go that route. Um, although it's, you don't have that uh, support built in, in terms of uh, helping source those, uh, the, the staff and those type of things. Uh, or uh, you can talk to um, uh, other outsourcing companies, maybe not the Philippines, but, you know, uh, other countries as well. Uh, sure. There's, there's, there are many that are out there. Uh, but again, you have to find the right fit. You know, what is it that you're looking for and what is it that you want to do? For example, we don't do a lot of uh, positions where there's tech jobs that are involved. That's not our forte. So that's not something if a client came and asked us to do. So. If I'm a dental office or a small business and I want customer service, I may not want to go to a company that outsources a lot of tech jobs, you know? So you have to be uh, aware of uh, what niche these companies are uh, working for. Sure, so you, you know, SOPs are a big part of this. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and I think that's where a, there'd be a big failure, right? Right. If they don't know what to do, they don't know what to do. They're not gonna be able to guess and get it right. They're not magic by any means. Um, and that's the big benefit of working with a company, correct? That that specialize in this. You have training and SOPs, and you're actually kind of managing these people for them, right? Uh, so, in a sense, yes. So we provide, uh, you know, feedback to not only the client, but then we also get feedback from the the staff. So that's sort of one thing that, as a company, that we want to set ourselves apart. We we, we do a lot of. Uh, you know, uh, get feedback from the client and from uh, the remote staff itself. So they want to make sure that things are moving forward in a positive way. The training is being done properly, but SOPs are huge. So if uh, a client is not used to that, that's sort of something we can say, uh, you know, this is the task that you're wanting them to do, but this is something you need to do uh, to create. And we can provide uh, feedback on that as well. Not necessarily the awesome. SOPs because each office is different, but I have two offices and each office uh, works independently and they all work a little bit different based on location, clientele, things like that. So sure. uh, we can provide positive feedback in that sense. So, you know, asking what it costs is always a bad question. Yeah. Um, how much does something cost, right? It's yeah. not what it costs, it's what the ROI is on it, but I know our audience wants to know, so I have to ask it. Yeah. 
I'm going to encourage people always be focused on the return on investment. If someone costs you a million dollars, but you get $10 million back, you do it all day long, right? So yeah. there's obviously a return on investment that goes with this. But if someone's trying to compare with their in-house staff, on the from the low side, which would be, hey, go on your own, find somebody online who may or may not have a lot of experience, may have no experience in dental and no training that you're going to kind of, you know, bring up yourself all the way to working with a very experienced person who has training, I'm working with a company of yours. What's the what's the full time salary, the monthly salary price range there? Yeah, I think uh, uh, across the board, we're just looking at uh, if we just do it hourly, we're probably around ten dollars an hour. If they're uh, asking for uh, a highly you know experienced admin position, maybe even bilingual, then uh, you know eleven twelve dollar range. Yeah, and if you look at just you know that type of income for someone in the Philippines. You're yeah. making way more than the national average of people in the Philippines, correct? Yeah, for sure. And Patrick, the other thing is, as a company, what we don't do is we don't do like temp jobs or, you know, hey, I want somebody to fill in for an hour, things like that. You know, we were just talking about right. SOPs and things like that. If you establish something like that, that takes time for the staff to learn and train. And yep. so we want to actually uh, use these staff and the talent that they have, but in a in a positive manner for them as well. So we want them to... Uh, you know, uh, ethical outsourcing, however you want to put it, you know, in terms of either we offer two types of positions. One is either part-time or full-time, 20 hours, approximately 40 hours. But we want the staff to know, hey, you have a position. These are the hours you're going to be working. And this is the type of work that you're going to be doing. And then the client also has clear expectations there as well. Makes sense to me. Dr. Chaudhry, um, Thanks for being here. Real quick, we'll come back to you. Um, I want to encourage the audience to check out the website, follow the links on our website, Dental Brief, um, on Facebook, and, and check out Dr. Chaudhry's site. Um, if you have any questions about this, I'm sure his team uh, will be available to you. Dr. Chaudhry, awesome. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for sharing. We appreciate you. Thank you, Patrick. I appreciate the opportunity.